0: If you're into designer furniture and you want the sofa that broke the internet, you don't have to go broke to get it. Because Designer Looks Furniture has all the same styles and trends and all the quality, but without the designer prices. Check them out. Designer Looks at Value City Furniture or DesignerLooks.com.
1: Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that... There's just something about getting away to the Smoky Mountains. Step out on a hiking trail, zoom across a zip line, splash at water parks, shop till you drop, and say hello to the statue of our hometown hero, Dolly Parton. Discover the thrill of visiting the Smoky Mountains and reconnect with those you love the most in Sevierville, Tennessee. Learn more at visitsevierville.com. That's visit, S-E-V-I-E-R-V-I-L-L-E dot com. From coast to coast, border to border, and around the world, you're going online with Bill Alexander. Laugh and learn while you listen to a brilliant display of radio. Online, online. with Bill Alexander. Bill Alexander.
0: Hi everyone, yours truly, William Eric Alexander, all my friends call me Bill and you're online with Bill Alexander. You're online with us at our WMCK.FM and McKeesport, 107.5 WLDJ Newcastle, 1620 AM Huntingdon, Mixtape Radio International, mtri.co.uk, steelfm.org, WWSX Radio at 99.1 FM, Rehoboth, Delaware, Orca Radio, Owensburg, Kentucky, and, and streaming online at italknet.com and pghtalkradio.com. Hope everything's going fine for you on this Monday. January 18th, Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday, or holiday. His birthday was actually last Friday. But I hope everything's going fine for you. And uh, we're looking forward to Wednesday when we start talking about an inauguration for the 46th President of the United States, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. And Kamala Harris will be VP. Looking forward to that, hopefully uh We're going to be able to talk about that this evening with our friend, John Daly. John, how are you doing this evening?
1: Hey, Bill. Doing great. Thank you. How about yourself?
0: Real good. I've talked to you more this month than I think I have in uh, a year.
1: (laughs) I think we have, too. And you know what's more amazing is that they allow us on the air after
0: after the Internet took us (laughs) off last time we talked. I was going to bring that up. So... For those of you that didn't follow my Facebook or my Twitter post, um, this program, when it goes into podcast form, the service I use actually converts it into a audio file for video. And for some reason, YouTube pulled the program off the air. And I'm going, why would they do that? And I mean, him, John and I didn't say anything that was uh, derogatory towards anything. We were just reporting what was going on. However... When I was thinking about it and I listened to the program again, I realized I played something that could have been taken as a falsehood. And that was President Trump's speech that he gave the day of the 6th. Uh, And I'm going, oh, that makes sense. So, in other words, we didn't do it, he did it.
1: Do you, do you realize that since Trump has been off Twitter they said that hate hate tweets and hate social media has dropped by 71% Have you have
0: have you uh noticed that your blood pressure has gone down since he's been off social media
1: Um yeah I, actually you know I, I thought it'd gone down especially after the election but uh you know then then after the uh, we had the uh, the so-called riot and it's more than a riot that right. happened at the capitol but uh uh it's kind of it's kind of gone up a little bit so but uh yeah it, it and i think we've we've got two or three more days uh to go through that so uh um I'm, I'm i'm still a little bit on pins and needles but even if we get past that i think i think we still have worse to come after that even after the inauguration so i i think i think we're in for a time where we've got to be you know, we've got to be on our toes. We've got to right. be aware. And, and this is not just being in the capital. I, I mean being in the capital of Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Nevada, and, and Michigan,
0: places yeah. like that. Because what's, what's really sad about it is is because we are on edge. Um, I know people that work in Harrisburg, um, and I know a representative that works in Harrisburg, who said that um, when they started putting the barricades up, they did it within four hours, and they never told them. So whenever they left for work that day, they had a hard time getting to their car because there were so many now checkpoints to come in. And it was like, I went out at noon, I get ready to leave at five, and all of a sudden there's all these barricades around Harrisburg. And I'm going, interesting, they moved quickly. And I guess the event they had in Harrisburg, or supposed to have in Harrisburg yesterday, didn't go over very well. Um, There were not very many people there. And it was interesting. I saw an interview with one of the gentlemen standing on the steps of the Capitol, and he said he couldn't trust the media because he had to be there to see it in person, and he knew that patriots would be there. They showed like 12 people standing on the steps. Wow. So I'm wondering if in certain areas the bark is worse than the bite, and it's being diffused. However, I agree with you. I think we're still going to have issues after the inauguration on Wednesday.
1: Yeah, I mean a lot of people and, and and I agree with this, this is like a like the American form of ISIS. Yes. And I think we're going to see other things that are happening. The 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 good news is, and this kind of ties into Trump, you know, you know, people talk about how, how awful he was. It's like, well what if you had a Trump who didn't telegraph what he was doing? I mean what if you had a, a politician who really knew how to manipulate the public, and they didn't know they were being manipulated and doing what he wanted to do behind their back. I mean, we knew what he was doing. I mean, yes. for the most part, the, the majority of the people understand what, uh, what he was trying to do most of the time, and, and he was telegraphing it. I think it's the same thing with a lot of these supporters or these sedition people or rioters, whatever they are. Um, you know, if you see what they did, you know, at the Capitol. I mean, they had cameras on them. I mean, it's pretty easy to arrest them. I mean, they've arrested hundreds already. Oh, they've yeah. They've got a lot of cases ready to go. Just think if, and, and th- this is kind of what I was saying before, is that I'm, I'm somewhat confident that I think we'll get through the, the inauguration all right. I'm more concerned about after the inauguration and in other capitals, just like you're talking about, because you're going to start, because as as stupid as these people were, um, I think you're going to see, you're going to see other people who believe in them who are going to be smarter. Right. And a lot of these people have have either a, a, a cop or a military background, and you know you begin to hear some of them you know are were in special ops, and it's like okay you know it's not going to take much, you know I know they're moving out mailboxes, but they're going to move mailboxes back in, and somebody's going to put something in there, uh, or you're going to see something else that's that's. Uh, uh, you know, something with a car or something—well,
0: something did, crazy like that. Did you ever think you'd hear about them vetting National Guard troops because they're afraid of individuals in the National Guard that would su- support the movement? Well,
1: I, you know, I, you know, my dad was part of it, so no, I, I would, I wouldn't have thought of it. Yet, at the same time, too. You know, if, if you look at what's been happening over the last, you know, 10 years, um, you know, there's there's an angry threshold uh, in America. And it's primarily on the, you know, older white side. Yes. You know, that you and I are part of. Um, <laughs> Speak and, for yourself. That,
0: well, I am older and I am white. So, <laughs> well, I'm um, older, too, but I just don't want to say that I'm older. But anyhow, <laughs> uh, my wife calls it Soms. S-O-W-M-S. Scared Old White Man Syndrome. Okay, I like and, that.
1: And she brought it up, and I thought, you know, that is a good, good thing. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're seeing that. And, you know, at the same time, too, we do condemn them. Um, and, and they need to be condemned. But at the same time, too, uh, you know, I think a lot of the political elites did kind of leave a lot of these people out, especially if you go back to, you know, the early 2000s, the financial crisis, mm-hmm. and you know, the beginning of uh, of the Obama era. And I don't think it was anything that was necessarily we're going to go after old white people and really take them down. But you had a lot of people, especially in the Midwest, that lost all these factory jobs. Right. Why? Because we had free market society. And we wanted to have... And we had a free trading society, I should say. And we wanted to trade. And, and China did take away a, a, a lot of those factory jobs. but And um, we didn't really we didn't really compensate for that. Well, uh, we didn't take care of that. And, you know, and so you're beginning to, see, you know, this is kind of the culmination of it. And Trump's just played on that brilliantly, adding in the race, uh, the racism, and, and and making it so people uh, are just angry enough because they're not making enough. And at the same time, too, we've got income inequality. So a lot of these people, you know, they they don't, you know, They don't have jobs. They they don't have the jobs they used to have, and they need
0: to lash out and find somebody to attack. And Trump's found them. What I think is interesting is you made the comments about the Midwest in the 2000s. However, the region I live in, we suffered through that in the late 70s and early 80s. And the Pittsburgh region did not reinvent itself until probably the late 80s, early 90s, when you started to get health care jobs and tech work in here. And a lot of the people that were feeling that distrust and, and, um, and, and racism, I guess, if you want to call it, most of them have passed away. So you really didn't have that strong of a thing up here like that. However in the rural counties around the city of Pittsburgh, that's a whole different story. Because these guys who worked in the coal mines, were who have been waiting for those coal jobs to come back that haven't been here in 10, 15, 20 years, Trump said he was going to reopen the mines. Well, guess what? They weren't reopened. But yet yeah. these people are still hanging on every word that he says because they still have this faith to do that. The other problem is these guys are in their 60s and 70s who wouldn't have been able to go back in the mines to begin with. However, their families feel that if, if dad can get back to work or if the mines are back open again, then we can start getting our black lung payments again. We can start getting pensions again because a lot of these guys lost their pensions when the mines closed. Hmm. And that's one of, no, those, it's situ- it's one of those situations you have to think about. And in this area, they've, they've been trying to, to infiltrate with clean energy with windmills, and also we have natural gas that has been pre- predominant, Marcellus Shale. But when petrol prices go down, they stop drilling for natural gas, or they stop extracting it because there's no profit for them to do that. So now these people that are working in the gas industry feel that, oh, this is, this is our government's fault because... The gas, the that gasoline prices are low, so that means we can't work. They don't understand it's 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 a free trade system. Mm-hmm. It's going to fluctuate. People are going yeah. to need it more at other times than they're not. Like winter, you need natural gas. You need this stuff and they don't get it so in the summer they may be out of work but the winter they may be working so again it's 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 an education problem i think that we have more than anything else because they don't understand how the system works which goes back to what we were talking about before is it's not being taught in the schools because they're more worried about teaching the tests and not actually teaching education and things that people need
1: well you're right and I think we talked about this the last time too is the fact that you know kids don't uh, you know they're they're not taught civics right, right. Like, like we were taught and and to hear uh, Tommy Tupperfield who Tommy Tuberville who's the new senator from Alabama he didn't know the three branches of government
0: oh I know I heard that the other day I'm going you gotta be kidding me
1: yeah and this and and this this guy he was a college football coach yes and it's like you know and and I I wrote a column uh, uh it was about a year or so ago i had actually gotten um i went out and got licensed in life and health insurance just kind of just to do it and see if i wanted to do it i really didn't want to do it but i <laughs> I, I went and i got the license God, and i yeah. did it and i was thinking like you know what it's good education for me i mean i you know it really helps me and you know in some of the healthcare stuff that i'm working in too and uh and i got the thinking i go you know the woman who cuts my hair she's got to be licensed yes um, you know, if, 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 if I was getting my nails done, she's got to be licensed.
0: Yes. How come, and doctors are licensed? And teachers are licensed? Come, yeah, teachers are licensed, absolutely. And mechanics how are come, licensed? Oh, yeah.
1: How come lawmakers don't have to go through tests Good question. to prove that they're qualified? And if, you know, you would, and you listen to some of these people, you know, you listen to people like, you know, Louis Gomert from Texas. And that guy's gotta be one of the dumbest people to walk into that Capitol. And the things he comes out with, and you're going like, How do you get how do you get elected? Obviously you have very dumb people who are electing you. Marsha Blackburn from Tennessee, I interviewed her one time. Vapid, absolutely a moron, doesn't know what she's talking about. I talked to her about healthcare. Clueless. And yet she's now a senator from Tennessee. It's, it's just, it's, it's one of the strangest things. Okay. When, and, and why don't we have to, be, these people have to go through, you know, talking about, I always talk about the sports and entertainment bias. What great sports it would be is we have to watch these people yes. go take a test.
0: Yep. And,
1: and Wouldn't we, that be great to find that out to and, see if they knew what, the, uh, you failed. Guess what? You cannot be on the ballot. You cannot
0: run. Goodbye. We, we have the same thing up here with a gentleman, a representative by the name of Guy Reschenthaler who Mm -hmm. refuses to do any local interviews after January 6th. He'll go on Newsmax, he'll go on Fox News, he'll go on OAN. But he's my representative to Congress. He will not talk to his constituents because he realizes he is not very smart. And again, he's still standing behind Trump and basically saying that what happened on the sixth really is a misunderstanding. Another one that we have, which is not my representative, who is in, in north the city of Pittsburgh, his name is Mike Kelly. Another one who voted against the um the Electoral College in Pennsylvania when they wanted to they did not want to approve the vote or the 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 uh the votes. Mike Kelly realized that he opened his mouth up one time too many. His family owns car dealerships in the region. He forgot that there were Democrats and Independents that shop at his car dealerships. Every one of his dealerships has his name on it. People are not shopping there now. Because of the things that he said... These people don't think before they speak. And again, it's one of those situations where, how do you fix it? I did read something this morning, and unfortunately I do not know the woman's name. She ran for office twice in the state of Pennsylvania. She is putting together a pack for rural Democratic candidates in the state of Pennsylvania to show them how to run for office in rural areas because what like she, Pennsylvania
1: Stacey Abrams,
0: yes and what she is saying is is the reason is a lot of the people that voted against um, confirming the votes electoral colleges came from rural America and they don't understand how the system works so again it goes back to your idea you got to test them or you got to teach them one of the two yeah, yeah. and again I'd right rather test and right now we're going to be we're going to be flagged by YouTube again for what we just said. But I just want to let you know that up front. <laughs> yeah, YouTube pick that. <laughs> but again I I just don't I don't get it. Now, I don't know if you heard this, they've been they've been showing video footage of of what happened on the 6th. And Mm -hmm. there is a, again, we go back to Harrisburg because I'm starting to to realize that's where all the the nuts live um, in the state of Pennsylvania. That and some in Philadelphia. Please, Philly, don't get mad at me. But um, the woman stole Nancy, one of Nancy Pelosi's laptops. Yeah. Walked out. They showed her on the news tonight. She was wearing a black coat and a green shirt she walked out with the laptop she told her friend she was going to sell it to the russians the friend called the fbi and said hey so and so is going to do this i want to give you heads up i want to know is there a website online like russia is us or russia are us and you can actually sell (laughs) military secrets to the russians through the free market system, because I've never seen that website before.
1: Well, it's—I um, think it's called Come See Pooty. That's, <laughs> that's the name of it. Uh, dot dot USSR. Okay. Um, I—it's it, it, funny because she, uh, from the stories I read, was that she does have a friend that lives in Russia. Yes. Who I guess was going to contact her, and she did get indicted. Today, but or but they can't find her.
0: No, I think they. I think they. I think they, they did, did get her. Because this afternoon on my local news, they said they were still looking for her.
1: Um, I'm trying to remember
0: because I think I did post something earlier. Um, but again, it, it it's just, and and the guy that was wearing the bull horns.
1: <laughs> yeah, brilliant, isn't he? <laughs>
0: who can only eat a vegan diet. Uh, Well, he's a bull, of course. He was a bison. He can only eat vegan. He can only eat grass. I mean, that makes sense. I think he was smoking some when he went in. But um, it's just interesting. And the real estate agent out of Texas, who was interviewed by the local TV station, uh, talked to her, and she talked about how she thought the president was telling her to come to D.C. So she took her private jet flew in there, and when she went over the Capitol Wall, went into the Capitol, now she feels she's being persecuted wrongly. And she at, at the end of the interview, she said she believes that Donald Trump should pardon her. Well, guess what? If Trump pardons her or anyone else of that mob, he then basically admits guilt. And that ain't going to happen, people. You need to understand that right now.
1: No, and at the same time, too, this this woman or her lawyer was smart enough to say, you need to go out there and say that. That's your defense.
0: Yes. Yeah. And I guess there was one other one, too. Um, maybe it was the guy with the horns uh, that his attorney came out and basically said, hey, he did what he thought he was told. He was told to be there. He was told what to do. And I think that's the fence everybody else is coming with. But if you talk to people that were at home in their safe, comfy homes in the Midwest, when this happens, they still believe this was staged. They believe that Antifa and BLM and all these other groups were involved and Patriots were not. Yeah,
1: no, absolutely. Um, and by the way, yeah, I'm I'm going back and I'm checking. You're right. She has not been uh, captured yet. Okay. Um, I thought I'd saw, seen something that she'd been uh, picked up, um, but again, it, it kind of goes back to um, my scary thought is is as much as I'm frightened about inauguration day, I'm more frightened about what's going to happen to you know different capitals. Like for, I, for instance, I used to, I used to live in Connecticut. I was born and raised in Connecticut, and I look I I, I follow the news up there, and they were doing the same thing. That you were talking about in Harrisburg, uh, I lived in Nevada. They were doing the same thing in Carson City, you know, putting up the barricades so right. they're all getting ready so to me, I think that's I think they'll they'll stop some of that that's for sure, but it's gonna be afterwards where I think you're gonna you're gonna get um more strange things happening and again i I kind of go back i you know I always talk about you know I've got my media bias stuff. I talk about the sports and entertainment bias, yes, everyone talks about the left right the sports and entertainment bias is you know. We in the media, it's easier for us to tell the story to you this way. It's one team against another team. Okay, that makes sense. Somebody wins, somebody loses. Okay, all right, that's good. Okay, but you don't get the meaning of it, or you don't get the facts behind it, or right. you don't get the, what the lesson is. The entertainment bias, it's the protagonist versus the antagonist. It's one guy against the other. What are they going to do? What's this person's life like? What, what's going to happen? And what we've all become, because we've, we're so entrenched in entertainment, is that we believe we're the hero of, a, of each story. So we seem to do that. And I, I keep going back to the QAnon person who, um, it was a guy who shot up a pizza parlor yes. in D.C. because he was told that underneath that pizza parlor, Hillary Clinton has all these kids down there and they're, they're, as, they're sex slaves down there. Right. And he went and shot that place up. And if you listen to that guy's recording. He spoke to his daughter as he was driving there, telling her this is what he's going to do. And this guy was talking about it. I mean, John Wayne couldn't give a better speech than what this guy gave. And you believe them. And a lot of these people are of the belief that they are doing this to help America, to make things better, as deranged as they are. And to me, when you start seeing people that are like that, that are willing to – like some of those people – I think some of those people the other day at the Capitol, I think they were willing to die. I really think they were, because their lives don't have much. They were looking for meaning in it. And then when you look at the numbers, you know, 61% of the people, only 61% of the people believe that Biden actually won that campaign fairly and squarely. 71% of Republicans still think that the race was stolen from him, was stolen from Trump. And it's like, okay, if you've got those numbers, and you've got those angry people, and like we said before, with income inequality, you've got people who are desperate, and they're like, you know what, i got to make some meaning of my life. I've got to do something. That's why. That's what frightens me of what's, of what could be coming ahead, that we could be into something here that could be, you know, it, are we going to have secession? Are we going to have it? I don't think we're going to have secession, because I, I think you've got nutcases in every state. Right. I don't think it's just you know i don't think it's just oh the south and then certain ones in appalachia are going to create their own state and they're and their own country and they're going to move away no no it's not going to be that you've got it blended in to every single state every single county you've got your you've got your nutcases i mean i've got friends you know from my years in you know in entertainment and i'm i'm getting emails from them and i'm like really i mean you you you're, you're, you're going to go with somebody who's telling you that you know the vaccines aren't worth it, and you should have hydrochloroquine, or whatever. Right. it is. And it's like, and I'm getting this from people who are in the entertainment business, who are people who, you know, who have some stature. And I'm like, it's it's just it's hard to fathom, you know. And then they're then they look at the news media and they go, news media, they're lying. And I go, no, but but you listen to OAN and you listen to Fox News and and you listen to Newsmax, but, but, and it's like. Okay, I, you can if you listen to them, but you' got to listen to the other ones too, if you're going to listen to those.
0: But what I don't understand, and, this, and and this is what I don't get, is that when you listen to the other side and I mean, I'm not putting Fox in this because I think Fox has a better package when they put it out, but if you listen to the other two, their stories are so far-fetched, and not only that, but it makes like everybody in a certain area is the victim of what's going on. And they're playing into these people's beliefs that they are the victim. Mm -hmm. That's what I don't understand, how people can be that jaded to believe that, that a news outlet, I don't care what the woman looks like on TV, I don't care if she's young, I don't care if she's cute, I don't care what it is. You can't believe them, everything they say. Even my local stations, which I know people that work there, I can listen to them and tell when they have a bias against a certain situation. All of a sudden I start seeing commercials or I start hearing news stories about one of the local hospitals. I know that the hospital is paying money or advertising dollars to get those stories read. I know that another hospital pays another station for the same thing. I can see it being manipulated. What I don't understand is how do we educate these other people to understand that this is a business for the most part. Mm-hmm. Money actually pays for what goes on the air, unlike it did years ago. I mean, years ago, if it if, if the, the saying was, if it bleeds, it leads. Mm-hmm. I don't even think it does that anymore. It all depends no. on... Right now, one of the one of the news stations doing the pandemic and doing the vaccination. Now we have two very large health systems in the city of Pittsburgh and in the region. One is UPMC, which is University of Pittsburgh Medical Center. The other one is Allegheny Health, which is part of uh, our Highmark Blue Cross Blue Shield system. Six months ago, this TV station was showing everything that UPMC did within the last two months, now all their experts are from Highmark Blue Cross Blue Shield. You can't tell me that they're not getting some type of revenue from them, and that's why they switched to those professionals. Absolutely. And people don't see that. Well, and they're not going
1: to, because they haven't been educated to see it as well. Plus, we've done a great job of really kind of... How do I put it? I mean, we've done a great job of, of just masterminding people's minds. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm actually, and I, I would recommend this book to you. It's called Evil Geniuses. It's called The Unmaking of America. It's by Kurt Anderson. Yeah. It's, it's one of the best, it's probably the best book of 2020. And again, he came out last year. Um, but this guy literally breaks down what we've done or what we've allowed to happen um so a lot of it's corporate america oh yes and it's you know you, you know you talk about healthcare you know we've made making a profit more important in healthcare than making people healthy yes so as a result of it we literally have a healthcare system that tries to keep you sick and alive so that you will have to pay continuous bills and the pharmaceuticals will continually get payments for medicines that you need as opposed to let's get let's create preventative care so people do not need to go to the doctor or people do not need medicine all the rest of their lives let's make them healthy and it's easier to do and just four easy things it's all, all you have to do is you know eat better exercise um get better sleep and and relieve tension and then for the most part you you're going to live a better life that doesn't mean that you know 10% of us could still have diabetes or something like that, especially as we get older. But younger people w- would have less diabetes. They'd have less heart problems if, if we did something like that. So we've done that. We've got that in the news business. Just go back to my, my bias, the sports and entertainment bias. That's what all of these TV stations do, just to get you know, to get people riled up, to get people right. pissed. It's exactly what Fox News does. Yeah. Just the other day, just came out the seth rich story um it was revealed um uh, ben smith in the new york times revealed this was that the lawsuit fox news agreed to pay the lawsuit to the family uh of seth rich who who worked for the dnc while hillary was the candidate and he by accident one night he was walking home and somebody gunned him down Well, Fox News was saying the reason why he was gunned down, Hillary had him killed because he knew all about the emails. And there was no truth to that. The cops said there's nothing there. This was a random, you know,
0: act of burglary.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's what happened. And so Fox News finally decided we will, okay, we will pay the damages. We were wrong. But here's the condition. The only way we'll do this is you cannot release this until after the election because until they, after the election yeah. so it wouldn't look bad for Trump
0: because they didn't want to yeah the whole idea of admitting fault You're listening to Online with Bill Alexander here on WMCK.FM, McKeesport, 107.5 FM, WLDJ Newcastle, 1620 AM Huntington Community Radio, Mixtape Radio International, Steel FM, SteelFM.org, WWSX Radio 99.1 FM, Rehoboth, Delaware, Orca Radio, Owensburg, Kentucky, and streaming online at italknet.com and also pghtalkradio.com. So, My question to you, and this is the other thing that's been going off since they pulled Trump off of social media. People not understanding how the First Amendment works, which I think is basic ninth grade civics. um, That they don't understand that, yes, you can say whatever you want. However, if you're using someone else's platform, they have the right to turn it off or to relieve you of your duties. Whenever the Founding Fathers wrote the Constitution and the First Amendment, they did not have any clue about electronic media, from radio, TV, Twitter, Facebook, whatever it may be. And people are saying that his First Amendment rights are being tampered with. That's not the way it works. So, my question for you is, because I know Cumulus Radio did this last week, that they threatened all their conservative talk show hosts and basically said, you got to tone it down. If not, we're going to relieve you of duties. Mm -hmm. However, we have these small market stations who want to be the next home of Rush Limbaugh or the creative Rush Limbaugh or the Mike Levines or the Sean Hannity's, and they still keep pushing this crap out. Do you think the FCC eventually has the right to penalize or take the license away from the station or suspend it for them propagating these types of lies? Yes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. They do. And that's what the FCC did. I mean, we used to have it. This was was back, you know, before 19, I think it was before 1987. Yes, I know. know. We had the Fairness Doctrine. You know, so, you know, you could, if you had one side on, you had to have the other side on and you had to do that. Well, they got rid of the Fairness Doctrine, so that kind of went out the window. And that's when that's when Fox News, and that's when that's that's when stations like that started coming in. Um so but yeah, I think so. And you know, I think I think at some point, you know, again with the social media and and the media, I I think part of the problem is is that because we we never regulated social media, and granted, new technology, new technology that took storm, and then all of a sudden, oh my God, this is this is becoming a, a cluster. Yes, and um, and so, like like most technologies, the, you know, the legal framework behind it, our lawmakers are always two steps behind. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it is. It's always been that way, and they were way behind on this. So what we need to do is um, we, we need we, we need laws to and, and hopefully this is what the new Congress and the new administration is going to do is we do need it. So in some respects, I mean, there's certain times, you know, granted, shutting off Trump, I, I think was fine. But there were some other people that got shut off, too. Or you and I got shut off. Oh, yeah. Why did we get shut off? Okay, technically, it wasn't what we said. You know, it was we were just saying what hey, someone here's else what he said. said yeah. and we're talking about it. So, I do think we need uh, we need laws to be debated, to be researched, to figure it out. I do think, you know, getting rid of that uh, that two thirty clause, whatever it is, is that you know, if on Facebook, Facebook, Twitter, all the social media platforms, they are responsible. They're making millions of dollars, billions of dollars. They need to hire people to go look and make sure. Okay, that needs to be taken off. Right. Or you know what? That's fine because they're saying this, and there's another side to that. Um, I just think we need laws that are going to do that. I think we also need to go back and change the FCC rules to figure out exactly what we want. And there should be at least a, you know, a commission. You know, where they bring in, like they bring in people like you and me, who know the news, and we don't give a crap one way or another about that one or that one. We're just going to get the facts straight, or we're going to say, okay, you know what? The fact that they said that, okay, they're bringing up this point of view. They brought up another point of view, so this is fine to put the two points of view on there. Um, on the other hand, you know, do they need to step up and say something? I think we definitely, in this new age of just information all over the place, we do need new laws because, the, you know, the freedom to say what you want to do should not override my freedom from safety or my freedom from incorrect things that are going to be happening. So, for instance, simple and kind of sophomoreic example here. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm in a I'm in a crowded theater. I'm going to yell fire. I have my right to yell fire. Yeah, but you know what? I don't want to get trampled by people for no reason. So it's the same thing. It's the exact same thing uh, that we need to be seeing in you know, newspapers, television. Uh, probably more television, not newspapers, but probably more television. Anything over the airwaves um, yep. that's going to be doing that. And social media, I think... These people, you know, these these companies that are making billions of dollars, they need to be
0: hiring people to be checking this stuff. The other thing, and this and this has bothered me for years because, and it's not like it has affected me. Okay, maybe I lost one or two jobs because of it. I've been broadcasting college since 1984. First commercial on-air radio job was in 1988. I did my first talk show in 1990. I've been doing this a heck of a long time. I was trained. I have a four-year college bachelor's degree to work radio and television. And I have a piece of paper that is a license to be able to be on the air. This goes back to licensing. Right now, every Tom, Dick, and Gertrude can go online, put a podcast together, put a streaming program together without any educational background, any facts whatsoever, and people will believe it. This idea of social influencers of these 20, 21, 22, 23 year olds, I get it. I understand it. I have two kids under 20. I get it. But they're the ones pushing out this false agenda. If you look at if you look at AM radio right now in the United States, They are having problems making ends meet. So they do something called pay, uh, pay for play. In other words, I will give you money for you to let me be on the air for one hour. They do not train. They do not interview. They do not do any of that stuff to make sure that person is qualified to talk about what they're talking about. As long as they have green money in their hand and hand it to whoever is on the sales staff and say, hey, I want to buy an hour of time, they can sell snake oil. They can do propaganda for whatever side of the aisle they want to be on. They can do automotive tips that could be deadly. But the bad thing is when you put someone on the commercial airwaves, we give them credibility. And that's our problem. We've given too many talk show hosts and people that claim to be experts too much credibility, and people trust them. That is why we're in the situation we're in right now, because these people have no clue what they're talking about, but they have an audience, and these stations love these audiences
1: yeah and and at the same time too we have we've stripped away government yes in the sense that you know we've you know we we've, we've we've had this conservative notion of you know less government's better well no smarter government's better and you know we we do need protections and you know unfortunately everything that you know Trump has done is to strip away a lot of the protections that were in there now were some of them maybe a little too obtrusive that was hurting business? Sure, you could look at that. But I mean just a whole scale ripping them down is, you know, that's going to be turned around over the next couple of days yes. because that's the first thing that Biden's doing. On the other hand, you know, I don't want him to see going too far because we do need to have a balance there. But the the problem is is that, you know, we have taken away government so there really is no there's really little protections there. And we've gone so far. You know, to the side. There's a great book out there called uh, um, The Storm Before the Calm by George Friedman, and he talks about these different eras of and, and how we're coming to the end of an era right now. And our era started when Ronald Reagan got elected. Yes. And that was a repudiation of the era that started with the New Deal. So the New Deal, we went and, you know, progressive, we went – you know some people would say socialist obviously liberal to get the economy back going to get it going even after world war Two, uh, and it actually did really well in the 50s the 60s did fairly well and then the 70s kind of pooped out and then we brought in ronald reagan we went totally different mm-hmm. now we're getting to the end of that right now and we've gone completely to the right with groups like the heritage foundation the Koch brothers uh and again i you know i I grew up somewhat conservative, so I kind of, okay, I get that. We've gone way too far to the point now where we're going to have to start coming back. And um, if you read that book, it's it's a great book that kind of explains what's going to be happening, and there's new technologies coming out that we haven't even thought about that are going to start happening now. And uh, I think what you're going to start seeing is um, we're going to go back to uh, I think we're going to go back to higher taxes for wealthy people. And I know people are going to scream that socialism, it's communism. And it's like, no, it's what Sweden and Norway are doing. But, and they've got really great free market economies going
0: over there. But the, best part of we that, need is, but the best part of that is the people that are screaming and yelling aren't the ones that are paying the higher taxes. Absolutely. These are the people that think because there's the, there's this political party in office, they're going to be like them. And what we've noticed yeah. is they're not being like them. They're getting poorer and poorer. That's what yeah. I think is interesting. Did I send you the article about why they believe Trump got into office was not for the American people, but for his cronies in the business community and the corporations so that he would actually go in and gut public or, uh, uh, regulation so they would be able yeah. to keep more of their money? I mean, uh,
1: you, know, you didn't send me that, but but yeah, that's exactly what. Because there's you know,
0: an article what, that I read that if you read it, you can look at going back to everything and look at it and go, oh my goodness, he, they're right. They didn't care about us, the average person. No, he was caring about these big corporations because they were funding him. However, since the 6th, have you noticed a lot of the major corporations are no longer funding republican candidates because of what happened
1: oh no absolutely ted cruz is one of the biggest
0: ones that got slammed yep yeah
1: and you're beginning to see a lot of the corporations kind of going okay we want to be good corporate citizens
0: that's about time
1: they're beginning yeah and they're going to then they're also beginning to realize that and same thing you and i were talking about before when you were talking about your uh about your congressman there is that um you know, these big corporations have people who are moderates and Democrats who are minorities, and they, they're their customers. Yes. So it's like, you know what, we got to start paying attention to them. And for too long, we've kind of bamboozled them into thinking, okay, you know what, if you cut corporate taxes, you're going to create more jobs. <laughs> no. No, you're not creating you're more gonna jobs. You're going to create because, that's uh, that's all you're doing, and the wealthier stockholders are usually older people yeah. who are putting it into their into their retirement and at the same time too so you've got you got more people who are older, so there's a you know the baby boomers are into that retirement age now, and they're the bigger they had been the bigger population, so you've got younger people who are coming up who have to pay for all that uh, and then on top of it, technology is taking away jobs. So you're not gonna create jobs. If anything you're gonna you're gonna if if you are a business, you're gonna find a technology that can do the work of two or three people that you don't have to hire. Right. And that's exactly what's happening. So I think you're gonna start seeing and again this is gonna be gradual and it's gonna be difficult because you're gonna have you're gonna have the nutcases on the right who are gonna be against this, but I think eventually you're gonna start seeing us going to a universal base income. I, I just think at some point we're going to have that. And, and I think what a lot of people are seeing was that, you know, at the start of the pandemic, you know, when Trump and Congress did do that $2,000 payment, that actually kind of buoyed us. It was kind of like, OK, that's good. Even though a lot of people are saying, oh, well, they're just staying at home. They're, they don't want to work. They don't want to. Well, you know, for certain people in the in the restaurant business you know, who weren't making a lot of money, yeah, that probably was a little bit of a windfall for them and they wanted to kinda of kick their feet up and say, hey, okay, this is great. Um but at the same time too, it did buoy the economy for a short while until they started reopening and then we started doing stupid things. So yes. I think at some point we're gonna start looking at that, that UBI, that universal base income, so everybody gets, I don't know, fifteen hundred a month or two thousand a month or something like that. And that will keep things even because You know, jobs are going to, you know, they're going to start getting dried up, especially, especially after the pandemic economy, but especially with technology coming in. And you're just, you know, you're just not going to have those jobs. And at the same time, too, you can you can have people sitting at home. But just think if you wired their homes. With fiber,
0: Oh, yes. So they
1: could do their own business at home online. Or their kid could go to school when the next pandemic hits. They don't have to worry, okay, I'm poor. Okay, I, my kid's just sitting at home. Or I've got to send him to school so he can get sick.
0: Well, why don't we um, do this? Get rid of the brick-and-mortar schools and just do everything online. It'd be cheaper in the long run.
1: It would be. The only thing I would say, and I'll defer to you as a teacher on this, I think kids need that social... Oh. Um, That that you know the social gathering and 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 because my my thing is is that you know and friends friends of mine who who I know who homeschool their kids I I would never homeschool my kid just for the simple reason I think he need he or she would need to be out there being with other kids I want kids playing sports I want them to to learn I want them to fall in love I want them to get hurt I want them to see what a bully is. But just staying at home with, with adults, I don't think it helps the at see, all. See, so. and, I,
0: and I agree with you on that. However, and I'm going to get phone calls and I'm going to get email for saying this. I do not think schools should be funding athletics. I think if you're going to do it, you do it as community rec leagues, travel leagues, whatever, because they're out there. And there's kids mm-hmm. doing multiple leagues all the time. So there's your socialization. There's your athletics. They're mm-hmm. available. If you can't afford to do it, there are some programs around here that offer grants for the kids to be able to play. Okay. There's also music lessons, there are choral groups, there's bands, there's all this. If you want to just focus on education, which schools are not doing right now, they're focusing on everything else. And that's one of the reasons why these kids are getting lost in the shuffle right now, because... They didn't know what to do when everything shut down because they lost everything of that one focal unit. If you still had other organizations out there that had much less kids in it, you'd still have your Girl Scouts meeting. You'd still have your Boy Scouts meeting. You'd still have your athletic teams meeting. You'd still have that. But there's so many kids that focus everything on their public schools or their parents that they lost everything totally.
1: And you need, I, you know, it's a great, that's a great point. But, you know, the problem is, is that, you know, you're going to have oh, I Hillary's know. pizza parlor. Oh, and I, all, hey. all these kids are going to be in these. Sex I, know, places, I know. You know, so.
0: No, but I, I agree. With you. With
1: I, I, you know what? You make a really good point as an educator. I get I, I really come. I, I really understand where you're coming from. And I, uh, um, I agree with you. And I do think that would create more of citizens have to be a part of their lives creating these organizations exactly. for the kids and and you're right let the, let the schools do the educating i guess there's a part of me that you know i i played you know high school baseball and basketball and to me it was like okay that was the the community you know got around that and yes. all that so but but yeah i hear you and it's a changing world
0: and the other thing is too and and we go back and my wife and i have this discussion also when you look at the it looked the 40s the 50s and you start to lose it in the 60s and 70s but the, the houses of worship played more into people's lives because they had their own rec leagues. They had their own community groups. They had all this. But then we moved away from it. The other thing that frustrates me, and unfortunately we won't be able to get into this because we're running out of time here, is that I don't understand why we give grants. If the money is there, just give it to the people and don't make them jump through hoops to get it because the idea of a grant is still someone handing you money to be able to do something. Instead of jumping through those hoops divvy it up among the population in the area that you're trying to help and not just give it to one organization. But again if you do that you're losing jobs. I get it. Yeah,
1: But here's the thing too is that you know the extra advantage is that you know you're giving it to these people these people are not socking it away Mm -mm. to, Mm -mm. no, they're going to spend it. They're going to create the economy. They're going to help the mom and pop shops that are out there. And it's all it's going to do is get it back in there and it's going to create more wealth or at least more of a living standard for, for a region. And so, you know, again, Going back to the UBI, I, I, I think you need a UBI. I'd like to see all the stats on it to figure out what the cost right. would be. But but I think that's where we're going. I think eventually that's that's how we're going to have to look at it. and so, uh, Or we're going to have to start taxing wealthier people. Yes. And we're going to have to say to them, look, you know what? You know that 15% tax that you had on your income, on your uh, stocks and bonds? N- n- no more. No more. You're going to get taxed like it's regular income. Now, the way you can do that, the way you can lower your taxes, you can invest in businesses, local businesses. That's how you do it. You can create more wealth for you and you can reduce your tax bill by creating other businesses, by getting other people to work.
0: That's actually a really good idea. Um, (laughs) Actually, I like that a lot. One quick question for you, and, and I know we won't have time to go into it, but there's always another program for that is why does this stuff work in Canada but it won't work here
1: um well you know there's a good chance it may not still work with Canada because Canada's going to have some uh, some problems with their oil and energy and uh, and they're they're breaking out a little bit there as far as you know they've got the eastern and the, and the western side a little different but um one of the reasons is is that they don't fight wars like we do. Okay. So, you know, our military budget's actually pretty big. Um, the other thing is is that again, I, I I think a lot of it is is that we've 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 not, not that I want to go back to, you know, a fifty percent tax on the wealthy, but we're far from that. I mean we're down at twenty one percent right now. We do need and this this is where the wealthy actually help the common good through their success, um, so I, I think it's. I think we've just, you know, in the, you know, in the 1990s, it was okay to have that kind of a tax, like we did, because, um, because we had so many baby boomers in the middle of their, their, their profitable years. We can't do that now. We've literally got to have the wealthy turning more in. And again, we keep coming into the, oh, it's socialism. That's socialism. You're stealing from the. No, 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 no. You're all creating the same society. You know and, and and again, everybody looks at you know Sweden and Norway and Denmark, yes, and they say, "Well, they're socialists. No, they're not socialists. they're really not. They're a free market society. They just tax their wealthy people a lot, and their wealthy people are actually into helping the common good. Yeah. So it's not a big deal. I mean, there was a reason why when Sweden wanted to do the herd immunity, the people were actually kind of all for it. Now it didn't work with with this pandemic and didn't work with this virus. Um but the fact they were all for it. They were like, okay, yeah. If we can all do this and help each other, sure. Let's let's try that. Um and it's the same thing with taxes there. And they they live in <coughs> excuse me, a relatively uh, sane society. That doesn't mean they don't have problems. There. It doesn't mean that they didn't have gun violence and stuff like that. But at the same time too, I mean, I think it's something that we in America are going to have to turn to, and I think as I look at the demographics, I think that's where we're going to, and it's it's certainly going to be that way, uh, my guess is, over the next, you know, it's going to be the next five to ten years. Okay. Like, you know, if when you and I talk over the next, you know, four or five years, we, we might look back to what we're saying here and go, like, can you believe we were talking about that? Look what's <laughs>
0: happening. So, John, I hate to say it, it's time to wrap up another program, but... I'm giving you an open invite to come back 100 days from Wednesday, if not sooner, so we can talk about what has happened in the new Biden-Harris administration. Because I think it's going to be interesting to see if, first off, he's going to be able to pull a country together. I know he won't be able to do all of it, but will he be able to do most of it? and what happens with the vaccine for the COVID virus, because right now what they're doing is not working. And unfortunately, we got to figure out how to fix this problem. So
1: yeah, and hopefully he's got a plan. But I do, I I do see a light at the end of the tunnel. And I think it just needs some, some really good leadership. Uh, On the other hand, there's some scary stuff. So yeah, I'll I'll be back in 100 days, I promise.
0: If not sooner. (laughs) John, you have a great night. Thank you very much for joining me. And I really appreciate it.
1: Bill, appreciate you, too. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Have a great evening. Bye-bye. You, too. John Daly, journalist and all-around nice guy who comes on the program to talk politics. And, it again, it is fun to talk to us a different perspective when it comes to that. Um, because, again, we are in very interesting times. I don't think any of us ever thought we'd be in these times. But we are. Inauguration is Wednesday, the 20th of January. 12 o'clock noon on the East Coast. 12.01, we'll have a new president of the United States and vice president. Wish them all the luck. Everybody be safe. And also, reminder for you, for you, no, for you. Yeah, I'm I'm in western Pennsylvania. But anyhow, <laughs> a reminder for you. Yours truly, Bill Alexander, has brought back a program that I did years ago online because I love the format so much. I'm doing old-time radio again. So, Bill Alexander presents... Radio's Golden Days will be back online, and you can go to the website, radiosgoldendays.com. There's no apostrophe, and you'll be able to find it. Also, we're going to be airing it on WMCK, 107.5 FM, 1620 AM, Huntington, also known Hall of Fame Music Radio at hofmradio.com, every Sunday morning at 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. and every Sunday night from 9 p.m. to midnight. So if you love old-time radio, guess what? We brought it back, and you guys are going to be able to listen to it online and also on the air. Guys, that's going to wrap it up for yours truly. I am out of here, and we will talk to you next week here online with yours truly, Bill Alexander.
1: This has been a Million Dollar Baby production. For more information, go to italknet.com.